What's up, everybody? Happy weekend. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you did some fun stuff because it's almost time for football. Welcome to the Pick 6 podcast. Not that football's not fun, but football's here. Football's work for some of us, including myself. It's a real grind out here when you're, a, you're blogging about the NFL on a daily basis or podcasting on a daily basis. This is the Pick 6 podcast. I am Will Brinson. This is our daily NFL podcast, Monday through Friday. We have made it. I keep saying this, but it's, it feels important to me because when we were tasked with doing this podcast, the concept of doing it every day from the end of the draft until the beginning of the regular season or even the beginning of training camp seemed impossible. But I think we're going to make it. We, we are going to make it, in fact. And uh, and now we just got to start talking some real live football. We will get to that in a second. But first, let's bring in the one, the only. He's enthusiastic on a Sunday night recording this with me, Ryan Wilson. Glad to be here. <laughs> How's that for enthusiasm? Uh, I think I, so. I've been encouraging people to email me for whatever. <laughs> How's reason. that been going? It's going really well. Uh, well, as I told you before the podcast, I cleaned out my inbox and I went. I went through and answered a bunch of emails that I had sort of let slide. Um, but I also spent part of the day on Friday while cleaning out my inbox, replying to people who listened to the show who had questions and some of them like, so if you have a, somebody was like, Hey man, I, I gotta be honest, you know, you're doing a great job, but uh, I wish that it was the old format. I was like, what? Thank you for the email. You could have just, you know, told your friends that or not told me that or told, told like told your spouse that, uh, but it, you know, but if anybody wants to email me has questions about fantasy football. Um, and I think Ryan, I don't know, but I think I'm going to do a fantasy week. So we're going to take one week leading up to the season and make it a week-long fantasy extravaganza. Five shows. We'll get Jamie and Dave and Heath and Chris Towers and Adam Azer and all those guys on to talk fantasy. And uh, and we'll get we'll get some we'll lay out some some picks for for drafts and we'll have we'll do a mailbag and stuff like that. So if you're interested in that, let me know. You can email I have a quick me. Quick question about that. Yeah, sure. Are you going to wear a white suit and have Breach wear a little white suit and yell to plane? Because that could be all sorts of fantasy wrapped into that. Okay, I don't get that. Fantasy Island, man. What's Fantasy Island? Are you serious? What is that? You're not serious right now. I'm not joking. Fantasy Island, Ricardo Montalban. Um. Yeah, look it up real quick. Late '70s, one of the best shows. Oh, that's why it's an old. Oh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Fantasy I Island. I never that watched. Was a it. huge deal back in the day. Yeah, it was. That actually would be fun if uh, you weren't born in the '70s, though, right? What's the Fantasy Island theme song? How does that sound? Is it, is uh, I don't know if it's really. I don't remember it being noteworthy. Well, it's huge. about a blast on my computer. We'll... All right, let's let's find out. I don't remember it being. It's not like Sanford and Son or Taxi or anything. Oh yeah, yeah they're no work, right? There's just sort of. Okay, that's perfect. That'll be the little intro for. We'll use that during the entire week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so get a. You know what's funny? The Ricardo Montalban, the main character, uh, the old timer who runs Fantasy Island, makes people's dreams come true. Has the same hairdo you do. So you just got to whiten it up a little bit, put on the white suit, get a little some... Spanish accent, and you'll be rocking it. Hello, Mr. Breach. That's yeah. close enough. Right? That's close enough. You have to make Breach a little taller to fill the role of tattoo. So. <laughs> I'm glad that you were here to fill our uh, fill the role of old old person references on this podcast. What you uh, what you drinking while we're recording? After you fulfilled all your duties, uh, they're not a sponsor, but I told you this before we started. HelloFresh has a wine of the month club, and I don't even know the wine. I just pour it. I don't look at the labels. Just pour it, and uh, you know, half a glass. Take the edge off Sunday night as we're recording this, and helps me get through any conversations with you. So thank you, hello for us. <laughs> I had a nice uh, pen. I had a nice, I had a nice glass of white wine with lunch today. My my dad served it up. 
nice little what, pen- what a life yeah we had some sushi uh for oh. lunch while picking up uh, i was picking up my son my wife and i got to spend the evening on saturday evening at this place in greensboro north carolina it's called grandover highly recommended if you need a getaway um, also not a sponsor <laughs> they're not a sponsor i'm just right we just we, we recommend things maybe they could sponsor it um 350 bucks you get a room uh, we did a, it's, you can do it a spa thing where you get two spa certificates, but I did a golf certificate. I actually ended up playing 36 round, 36 holes on Saturday, shot an 88 and an 84. Pretty pleased. What'd you, what'd you really shoot? I did. I really shot an 88 and an 84. I blitzed not, through it. Not one mulligan? No. Okay. Good job. Thanks. Um, I played the first round in three hours because I'm out there solo. I'm just. Oh, you're by yourself? Yeah, just blitz. So you know that I didn't lie about my mulligans. Um, right. All the witnesses. There's nothing better, by the way, than playing a fast round of golf. Sometimes, In fact, by yourself. It's, you don't have to it's the best. Chit-chat or get angry when your buddy's playing well and you're not. Yeah. I mean, and, and or, I, or if I, you're pris- playing with Prisco, actively hoping he do, he help, actually helps you do poorly. Ex- exactly. Um, and so I recommend uh, Grandover. I, my, my wife loved it, a little getaway, but we went and picked up my son today. Ready, feel rejuvenated, ready to go into training camp, excited about that. Also feeling rejuvenated, Ryan. We got some fairly big off-season quarterback news. First up, Andrew Luck on Friday was cleared by the Colts for all training camp activities and is expected to play in the preseason. Do you think that Andrew Luck will be the favorite for comeback player of the year in 2018? Well, quick refresher. Who else is in the running for that? Do we know? Carson Wentz could be in there because he tore his ACL. Can he, though? I mean, I, he had 33 I, I, touchdowns and seven interceptions in mid-December. Well, so that's sort of the thing with comeback player of the year. What are you coming back? Because remember, Phillip Rivers won it. It was like he's just coming back from kind of a bad year. Like what is it? Right. Is that really? Uh, a- I'm trying to think who else would be on that list. I, I suppose Eli could be on that list because that team mm, is, yes. you know, dog doo-doo terrible last year. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to have to wait and see. It, 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 do you, let, let me ask you this. Do you even play him in preseason games, or do you do the Adrian Peterson, Danian Thomas, and take a seat? He's definitely playing in – I'm playing him – if he looks good in training camp, I'm playing him for a series in week one, two series in week two, and then the first quarter in week three. That's That seems conservative enough. I, I would not do any more than that. I mean, don't forget, what was it, a month ago he was throwing Nerf balls? or yeah. High school footballs well, or whatever. So And it's possible – it's also possible that the doctors have – or, or the trainers have laid out a regiment for what he should c- can do in the preseason if cleared, and he's just—it's going to be even more conservative. I, who knows? I—I I, would—I would think you want to build up his game, his his real like real action arm strength, though. Yeah, but I would also be okay if he's still not 100. percent I don't know if he is. He will tell us he is, but we really don't know. If he's not 100. percent I would be okay with him just easing into the preseason, doing what you said, maybe less. And easing into the regular season, because if you lose them in the middle of September, you're back where you were last year. So take your time. Jacoby Brissett is a, I think he's an above average backup. Yeah. Uh, top 30 quarterback? Probably not, right? Yeah, I think he is. I was actually looking at, uh, and we'll talk about this more in a minute, but I'm doing a, for um, Monday, for today, uh, I've got a under, all under 20, or all 25 or under offense team coming out. And I was I just, you know, you going through and doing some double checks on some names to make sure you include everybody. And I was doing a, a search on pro football reference and, and sorting by approximate value, which is, you know, the number they assign to every season since 1960. 
and sorting by guys. Jacoby Brissett was number 14 on the list last year for people 25 or under. He's worth 11. Okay. You know, he had an 11, which was equivalent to uh, Deion Jones and Jadavion Clowney. Above, better than Jadavion Clowney, Melvin Gordon, Shaq Mason, Ryan Ramchick, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And we know he's better quarterbacks than all those guys, so that's that's a good sign. Indeed. Um, he had a higher, a higher approximate value than Jameis Winston. And fewer crimes committed. That That is also great. Much better character guy, for sure. Uh, and I've got questions about Jameis and Marcus Mariota in, in a minute. Um, but with uh, the other three guys that I think that could be big-name comeback-of-the-year candidates, Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, right, he didn't play, so yes. Yeah, got hurt early, could have a great season. Uh, I think you. I think Dalvin Cook should be on the list somewhere yep. because he tore his ACL early, and he could lead the league in rushing. He's that talented. Yeah, and, I agree. Yep. And then the other guy that people are sleeping on a little bit in this category, Zeke Elliott. Yeah, no, that's right. He he deserves to be on it. And, I, and you, you mentioned him. I, I suppose you mentioned the other guy just a second ago. Jameis could be on that list too. Can you get mm-hmm. it for coming back from coming suspe- back coming back from suspension in, in season suspension? <laughs> hey, Zeke got suspended for six. Oh, uh, and one more obvious name for comeback player of the year: JJ Watt. Yeah, has he won it? Because he's been injured a few times recently. I feel like he did win it. Maybe not. I'm also going to add one more: uh, sure. Brian Hoyer, in case Tom Brady gets hurt. <laughs> Tom Brady could get it for uh, coming back from that Super Bowl. Owl. Ooh, uh, okay, fair. I'm just and, trying to think. Using, try, using that logic, uh, Bill Belichick's up for coaching. Do you yeah. think it should be more about somebody coming back from an injury or somebody coming back from, like, because Keenan Allen won it last year, and he came back from an ACL injury in, that, in week one against the Chiefs in 2015 and had a great season last year, and I'm with that. Like, if you if you suffer a gruesome injury and then you come back and have a great year, yeah. I'm all for that. Um I do think, though, that like if you battle a bunch of attrition and or adversity, and you or Alex you, Alex Smith is a perfect example of that. Yeah, I feel he won it, right? I feel like he had to have won it because he came back, left San Francisco, and I would imagine he won it the following year in Kansas City because he led that team to the playoffs. I think every year with Andy Reid, and he was a completely different player, or maybe he was the same player, just got a better opportunity, um, you know, because he was replaced by Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco. So I, I think it could go either way. Uh, um, he is not one. Really? Yeah. Oddly enough, here's the last, um, five what year did he go? 2013. Yeah, well, he went to Kansas city. Who won it that year? Uh, Philip rivers won it that weird year. Ugh, yeah. Your boy. He, he, must have like voted, he must have voted 25 times on that one. He came, it's like he came back from North Turner, <laughs> <laughs> which um, is a good sign for who's Kirby. Is it Kirby cousins? Where's North this year? Is he in Minnesota? Oh, Norv's in Carolina with Cam. Oh, good job, Cam. Got some good news. Yeah, that's right. Well, that'll be next year after yeah, you fired Norv. You're so. screwed. Um, so, yeah, last year Keenan Allen won it. The year before, Jordy Nelson won it coming back from an ACL. Uh, the year before, Eric Berry coming back from cancer. The year before, Rob Gronkowski coming back from an ACL injury. So, you know, recent history tells us that it's probably going to be injury-related. Rivers won it the year before that. Then Peyton Manning in 2012 coming back from his uh, entire year missed. Matthew Stafford in, in 2011 coming back um, from injury. And then in 2010, Michael Vick won it from coming back from prison. Yeah, so I guess that is a good sign. And the for... year before that, Tom Brady from the ACL. So yeah. Andrew Luck's our guy. Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck throws for 3,500 yards or more and the Colts win five or six games. Oh, God, I was going to say eight. Okay, five oh, or six. If, if they win eight, he's locking it in. 
Yeah, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I feel like that's that's he, a wrap. Yeah, I think just getting on the field and playing 16 games and putting up somewhere in the range of 3,500 to 4,000 yards with 25-plus touchdowns, lock it up. If you can find the odds for that, bet on Andrew Luck. I'll come back player of the year. Um, Carson Wentz is the other guy in the news. Expects to play in week one. Well, actually, Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. Both Deshaun Watson said he expects to be full go for training camp. Which oh, is, he has to be in the list too, by the way. He got hurt in week seven or mm, something. That's a great call. We definitely have to put him on the list. He might be. In fact, if we're if week seven is, is if Carson Wentz is on the list, week seven is clearly long enough to qualify. He's ahead of, in my mind, Andrew Luck. Deshaun that Watson? That team is much better. Yeah, much better than the Colts too. I think that the Luck comeback story will get more buzz. But if Deshaun Watson comes back from an ACL injury, plays 16 games, and takes the Texans to the playoffs, there will be an argument for Deshaun Watson winning it. Uh, should he and Carson Wentz be full go for training camp? Should they? I mean, you're coming off an ACL injury. You know that you feel these guys' pain. <laughs> yeah, me and Carson toured around the same time. Deshaun was a month earlier, so he's he's well ahead of schedule. You're still you're currently running, right? Yeah. No, you start running. So. Um, Carson had an ACL and uh, like a PCL or an MCL something, so he had a, he had a little extra time on crutches, but it still heals the same at, at the back end. So uh, David Chow, who's an orthopedic surgeon, he used to work with the Chargers, and I think he writes for the San Diego Tribune or whatever. We know him from Twitter. He sort of comments on injuries as they happen on Sundays. He says nine to twelve. Most orthopedic surgeons say nine to twelve months recovery. So it'll be eight months um, for training camp when training camp begins for Carson, and then nine months when the season begins. But there's no guarantee he'll be the mobile guy he was until, you know, October or so. So if he, he can play in week one, he just has to be more like Philip Rivers than the uh, RPO went we were used to seeing the last two years. Mm. And if he can do that, then they can be successful. If you're Doug Peterson, though, do you want to sort of pull back the reins on Wentz and make him play differently in the pocket? Or do you roll with Nick Foles for two or three weeks until you're, you know, the doctors are 100% certain that, uh, Wentz can go out there and run around with, without any real concerns about re-injury. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the thing, right? Like, you, you're you paying the money and you're using up, um, you know, you're, you're making a uh, an economic decision based on opportunity cost to go with Nick Foles as your backup. Shouldn't you, if you're doing that, I don't know, toss Nick Foles out there until Carson Wentz is healthy? I mean, Nick Foles isn't trying to steal the job. We all know it's Carson Wentz's job. Foles is only there for one more year, more than likely. He won the city a, a Super Bowl. Everybody's cool with Nick Foles. But to me, the, the the goal should be to make sure that Carson Wentz is perfectly healthy. I don't think you can sell it to Wentz. Hey, sit down for a, a, a fortnight, if you will. Nice. Um, you know, it's, it's, the kids are never going to call two weeks fortnights anymore. No, no, they, I don't think they ever did. You and Abe Lincoln are the only people that did that. <laughs> Four scores. So wait a second. So would you rather have Nick Foles play like Nick Foles? We've seen him play, good and bad. Or would you rather have Wentz, but keep him in the pocket, Wentz? Because he starts running around, bad things can happen physically, at least until, let's say, week five. I, I'd rather have Nick Foles because I think the problem you run into – if you try and tell Carson Wentz to play like something that he doesn't play like is that he ends up being hesitant or he ends up not maximizing what he can do on the field or he ends up, you know, making a mistake and, and re-injuring, re-injuring himself. So unless, yep. unless he can go through training camp with zero hiccups and look like himself, I would personally go with Nick Foles in week one, but I expect the, the Eagles will go with Carson Wentz in week one. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
look, they're not the Redskins, but my fear is that it'll be similar, not exactly like, but similar to tinges of what we saw with RG3. Mm. Um, not that uh, Wentz is going to tell Doug Peterson what to do. RG3 told Shanahan what was going to happen, and it happened, and it blew up in everyone's face. But I would sit him. I would sit him for a few weeks until you're completely comfortable. That said, did you see Wentz at his uh, wedding reception last week? I did not. Came out to Thriller at the reception and was boogieing down to Thriller. So he looked completely healthy, and I suppose if any Thriller dance-off happens in the middle of a football game, he'll be ready to go. But in terms of taking hits, and he'll have the knee brace on too, so that may be something he has to get used to. It's a whole bunch of stuff. So I, I'm rolling with Foles for a couple of weeks and then reevaluating. All right, give me your top three comeback player of the year, guys, then. Um, I'm going with Deshaun, number one. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to go Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And uh, – who else is on the list? Um, oh, oh I, I like Zeke. I like Zeke. All right, Zeke. All right, so and I think I'm guys honest. who get suspended should qualify. So, Jameis, you're still in the mix. <laughs> I've got uh, – I'll go with Luck 1, Watson 2. That was a great call by you. And um, I'll oh, say, this teammate, Watts. I'll say OBJ 3. Oh, nice. All right. And uh, if you got if you got a comeback player of the year, you can uh, write a review and let us know. Put your best comeback player of the year on there. If you this, the, I'm currently in a battle with iTunes reviewers. So, oh, okay. so somebody, no, not actually iTunes. So somebody got on there and left a review and wrote like, "Great podcast, except for all the beer talk." It's like one star. It's like you like the podcast, Ooh. you don't like the beer talk. So I I read the review and complained about it, and now I've got from Daniel, I guess Daniel Morton, but Daniel Merton on. He wrote on. Friday, I believe. Great if you're into designer beer, two stars. The football information is good. Unfortunately, the host insists on spending a portion of every podcast riffing on the beer he's drinking. It's his, po- his podcast, so he has every right to do it. But then he's offended when listeners express their opinions regarding his obsession. So we've gone meta where I've criticized the reviews, and now I'm having my criticism of the reviews criticized in a review by a reviewer. Thank you, Daniel, for doing that. Thank you for your two stars, you friendly listener we'll try and keep it we're talking beer i don't care we're gonna keep talking beer i um, hope daniel was drinking a beer when he gave you those two stars i know he'd be shotgunned a, a bud light lime before he gave you those two how stars. dare you sir i'm drinking a burial surf wax that's the best <laughs> the greatest ipa of all time out of Asheville. uh number two i don't know why i have number two written there saquon barkley signed with the giants um are you interested in rookie contracts <laughs> No, they're all slotted. I think the interesting thing is that um, he can double dip based on the terms of his deal. He was one of the last rookies to sign. Um, according to Track, he's the fourth highest paid you running back in the it. league. Nice job. Yeah, so done and done. And, I mean, the re- I mean, you pointed this out before we started the, the podcast. It, it's virtually unlikely that he gets cut after four years, so it's not a big deal. Although, as our buddy Michael David Smith at Pro Football Talk pointed out, I'm sure the Browns felt the same way, same way about Trent Richardson, and then and the Colts uh, probably did too. <laughs> and the Colts did, or Ryan Grixon, who who is now the that will be on his tombstone, the man who traded first round pick for Trent Richardson in year two. Uh, they probably felt the same way, but that that clearly didn't work out. But I suspect that Barkley's going to be much much better uh, than Richardson, and I, I think he has a chance to to be really good, especially behind a, an offensive line that should hopefully be a lot better than it was. Uh, the top ten running backs by. Uh, average per year salary is fascinating because three of them, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott, are rookies who were taken in the past three years, obviously. 
You got LaShawn McCoy on there. Le'Veon Bell's one with his franchise tag. Devonta Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Barkley, Jarek McKinnon, Fournette, Lamar Miller, who's been a cut candidate for the last few years, Zeke Elliott, and then the last two rounding it out, Duke Johnson and Gio Bernard. Shout out. And then Carlos Hyde is 11. Good for you, Browns. You've got two of the highest paid running back, two of the highest 11 paid running backs in the league. I think we're going to see a course correction at some point where Barkley, Fournette, Elliott, and Todd Gurley, guys who were drafted high and have had very productive careers, are going to be paid. Wait, wait, wait. What's that payment going to be? Because uh, reportedly, your boy, Le'Veon Bell, turned down $70 million. But, Last year, turned down $60 million. But, but of course, with only like $30 million guaranteed. Right. I was going to say, rap sheet and others reported that it was only 30-something guaranteed. Maybe $45 million over the first three years, but it wasn't clear how to be paid out. So, I mean, what's Gurley looking at? Because fourteen point five million, you pointed out, is the franchise tag, and is that the starting line now for for annual salaries for running backs? Mm. I ain't paying fourteen point five no. million. Well, I mean, look, Devonta Freeman's eight point two five million per year, eighteen point three million of his forty two million or forty one million is guaranteed. <laughs> so I think that's sort of what you're looking at is if you're not Gurley, if you're Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley does more than Devonta yeah. Freeman. Yeah, I think I think Gurley can ask for ten million a year, and the Rams kind of have to pay him. Yeah, ten million would do it. But why is Le'Veon Bell asking for north of fourteen and a half? Well, he's he's in a different situation because he fell to the second round, didn't have a fifth year option, um, played played a year under the franchise tag. Catch, he's got one hundred and fifty balls the last two years. What's he going to make next year from the, uh, one Six, of the other thirty one other teams? Sixteen million. You think so? Yeah. As a twenty seven year old, he's young. All right, we'll see. You, signed, like him, you signed him to a three-year deal with where sixteen. He ain't signed a three-year deal. All NFL contracts are three-year deals. <laughs> well, this last three-year deal that had seventy million in, he said no thanks to. <laughs> well, it wasn't fully guaranteed. It wasn't guaranteed past that first year. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how that works. So, oh boy, anthem update: Donald Trump is not happy with the national anthem situation. He took to Twitter, of course, over the weekend, I believe, to criticize. And he wrote, the, this is his tweet, or it was on Friday, excuse me. He tweeted, the NFL national anthem debate is alive and well again. Can't believe it, exclamation point. Isn't it in contract that players must stand at attention, hand on heart, question? No. The $40 million commissioner must now make a stand. First time kneeling, out for game. Second time kneeling, out for season, slash no pay incredible um first of all it's not this is i give the president of the united states all the credit in the world for being a for knowing how to present something to his audience uh it's not in the contract that players must stand at attention with their hand on heart at all um calling roger goodell the 40 million dollar commissioner is hilarious on many different levels but it and true (laughs) <laughs> and true. I mean, he's, I mean, he's basically putting Goodell under the microscope here in a way that is it's easy. It's like, let's examine Roger Goodell. It's like, well, look at all these bleep ups that Roger Goodell has. And he's the great paid. irony is that players have tried to put Roger Goodell on the microscope for years. And now it's been Donald Trump that has done that for and, them and only doing it because they're kneeling for the national. And, anthem. Only that's yeah. right. and the idea that if you are kneeling for the national anthem, that you would be thrown out for the game is ludicrous. And the idea that if you were caught or seen kneeling a second time, that you were out for the season and will no longer be paid is 
uh, is there something that the NFL can't do for collectively bargained purposes with the union? But hey, you know what? I would guess that um, this plays well with a certain demographic and segment of his. And this tweet comes on the heels of the NFLPA and NFL deciding to to sort of the NFL well, pulling so, back the reins. Well, on Friday. Or on Thursday, excuse me, the Dolphins and Sean Wagner and I talked about this last week. The Dolphins, it was revealed their anthem policy that they could punish, suspend, but they they weren't they didn't say we're going to suspend anybody four games. They said you had to outline a policy and submit it to the NFL. The NFL stupidly allowed each individual team to do that, meaning that the Dolphins policy got leaked. Everybody started talking about it, and as a result, the NFL and the NFLPA put everything on hold. And it opened up the window in this Pandora's box for criticism from uh, the president of the United States. Yep, that's right. So uh, Steve Tisch, the co-owner of the Giants, said we're not going to punish any players from doing anything. Uh, who was the owner that said it originally? The Jets. The Jets owner. Yep. So the Jets owner said it. So New York is, is out. Um, I would imagine San Francisco with uh, Jed York, who's a terrible in terms of fielding a winning team, or at least he has been recently. I'm sure he's been very supportive of Colin Kaepernick and the, and the cause, as it were. So I, I would imagine they would be on, his, Jed, on the Jed similar York, page. Jed York the, talked about team. suspending food sales during the anthem so everyone would be able to also stand with the players. Um, and then I think, you're, I think you're right. And I think Miami, despite that policy that was released, would be very uh, um, player-friendly in terms of what they allowed because that's how Stephen Ross has really operated over the course of his tenure. Yeah, so um, I think the overall takeaway is that the NFL foobarred this up by releasing the the anthem policy when late May, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, when the the story had died down. No one was talking about it. Towards the end of last season, players had found other ways to protest. Malcolm Jenkins and the Players Coalition had met with the the NFL to figure out new ways to not only get money but to to have these programs to help people that needed help. And then, sort of out of nowhere, this anthem policy shows up. And gets the whole issue going again, and now they've sort of shot themselves in the other foot again. Um, back, <laughs> they, they shot themselves in the second foot for the third time. Right. So we'll we'll see. Maybe there'll be other news to break out of this, but I think it's a good start that the NFL and the NFLPA are trying to work something out together, which didn't happen when the uh, original anthem policy was announced in May. Yeah, that's right. Uh, working together is is critical here. If the NFL wants to have a smart policy put in place that appeals to the both the players and, and the teams and to people that they don't want tweeting about it. Uh, James Harrison is up in the Patriots biz. He says that, and I'll let you address this, as a Mike Tomlin fan and former college buddy at William & Mary, he says that Bill Belichick's better than Mike Tomlin. Is he wrong? No, he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, what did Bill Parcells say? Your you record are. is what you are. What you are what your record, record says you are. Yeah. And he's right. I mean, Belichick's got five or six Super Bowls. Can't keep up. Five. Tomlin has Tomlin has won, went to another, and lost. And um, the Patriots routinely beat the crap out of the Steelers. And you could blame any number of reasons. Tomlin's not a, a player's coach, quote unquote. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And Ben Roethlisberger's a Hall of Famer, but he ain't Tom Brady. And is Mike Tomlin a Hall of Famer? I don't, I don't know. Bill Belichick is. So yeah, Mike, I, I'm fine with that. And yeah. look, James Harrison was pissed. He wanted to play. Tomlin told him he would play last season. He never played. He, he got himself cut. There are conflicting reports about whether he was sleeping in meetings because he didn't care anymore, and that's what got him cut, or whether he talked to the owner. Um, Kevin Colbert, the GM, and Tomlin, and got his way out of there and then signed with the Patriots. But um, 
the bottom line is with New England, they, he saw no friction is another thing he said in his comments. No friction between Brady and Belichick. Everyone was, you know, doing their job, which is exactly what the T-shirt says you're supposed to be doing in New England. <laughs> and he also said that Tomlin isn't a good, as good a coach as, as uh, it's Belichick. Not even, it's not even an insult. It's like, no. it's like saying that... Um, you're not as fast as Usain Bolt. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's a much better analogy than I was going to come up with. So good work by you. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not as fast as Usain Bolt. I never will be. And it's not an insult to say that I won't be. Belichick's the greatest football coach of all time. Of course he's better than Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. He's a top five coach in the NFL. But Belichick's by far and away the best coach in the league. Uh, uh, Harrison also had this to say over the weekend, I believe, about uh, a friction, a reported tension that we've been, has been going on for almost a year now between Brady and Belichick. All, this is, quote, all these stories that came out, like all this friction and stuff, I, honest, I honestly believe that it's made up, Harrison said. I came in there looking. I'm like, I'm about to see what's going on. They got trouble too, just like everybody else, right? I get in there and I see nothing. Yeah, how about that? I love the fact that uh, he came in there expecting to hate Brady because it's super easy to hate a guy who routinely kicks the crap out of you. And he said Brady was one of the first guys he met. He knew LeGarrette Blunt from LeGarrette Blunt's short stint with the Steelers, and LeGarrette said he was a fantastic guy. And I, one of my first memories of Harrison signing in New England is the Instagram Brady sent out of him hugging hugging on Harrison like they were best buds. And he Harrison said that he was a fantastic teammate. And I think that goes a long way you know, in explaining part of that success. I mean, the bigger success, they, they execute. But uh, people believe what Brady's selling um, you know, pliability aside. And oh, I'm he, in on the science stuff. I think he's onto something. <laughs> okay. You, Brady, and Alice Guerrero. <laughs> uh, I'm serious. I think, except for the tomatoes, I'm, I'm too, I like tomatoes too much. But yeah, look. What's, wait, wait, what's the tomatoes? He doesn't eat tomatoes because they're nightshades. They keep you up. Oh, God. All right. Well, yeah. That seems a little I'm out. Much. I'm in on avocados. Avocados, Ryan, are the new apples. No, I mean, you're not eating them like an apple, but who doesn't like avocados? An avocado a day keeps the doctor away. Okay. Apple I, out, avocado in. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I had some guacamole over vacation. Had some avocado toast with butter. Uh, all right, we're all on the same page here. <laughs> I haven't. I. I really do eat an avocado a day. All in on avocados. All right. Virtual high five. Yeah. Thanks. Um. Sad news report from the NFL arena. Tony Sperano, former, it was was slated to be the Miami Vikings offensive line coach this year was the former Miami Dolphins head coach, I believe, won a comp- is the last non-Bill Belichick coach to win the AFC East, right? Came in after yep. uh, Cam Cameron, got fired. 2008 to 2011, they won one game the year before with Cam Cameron. They won 11-5 and five in 2008. That was with Ronnie Brown. They brought back the Wildcat. They smoked the Patriots early in the season, and they um, went to the playoffs for the first time since 2001 or 2002. And for the last time since 2016 when Adam Gase did it, with um, your boy Matt Moore. Um, so it, it was sort of uh, an interesting time. He had never been a coordinator up to that point. He had come from the Cowboys where he was assistant assistant head coach. And then he went on to be a coordinator later. He was interim head coach in 2014 with the, uh, excuse me, the Raiders after they fired Dennis Allen following his own four start. So apparently, um, according to Chris Morton's ESPN, um, Sperano went to the hospital last Thursday or Friday with, with chest pains. He was released after some tests. And then his wife reportedly found him Sunday morning in the kitchen unconscious. She gave him CPR, didn't revive him. And um, he died at the age of 56, which is insane to think about. But um, there was an outpouring of support on Twitter, and, and people were shocked and, and you know 
sending their condolences, and that's a good sign of a you know person's life when everyone's upbeat uh, about the person you were on Twitter, and you're not hearing you know the terrible things you can sometimes hear on mm. social media. Yeah, that's a good point. Sperano, sort of his signature, um, you know, he was like the definition of a football guy, which is a phrase he gets thrown around too much. But I mean, this is a guy who was tough as nails, and when he was at, you know, um. You, you know, just a really, I think, just a tough Italian type of guy who coached coached for the Dolphins. He also had those signature sunglasses that he was always wearing. Uh, he suffered in – he was working at a fast food restaurant in his teens and suffered uh, damage, a hot oil situation with his eyes. Oh, I had no idea. That's Yeah, that's well, – he, he, he was sensitive to lighting, so he had to wear the sunglasses at all times. And I, I think most people probably thought that he just was – like the type of dude who was like wearing sunglasses inside as a statement, but he was, um, you know, he, he, he had to do it for medical reasons and, you know, it's sad to see him go age 56. It is a uh, firm reminder that not to get sentimental here, but man. Yeah. yeah live, live a good life. That's the takeaway. Don't you be a are, jerk. You are only guaranteed so long on this earth. And by the way, this will make you feel better. Um, I just celebrated my 45th birthday, so I'm 11 years younger than Sperano. So, well, I mean, I just check. celebrated 37, so I'm not. I know we have birthdays uh, to to take the uh, a happier turn. Uh, our birthdays are a day apart. That's right. You um, and happy anniver- happy anniversary to the Katzowitzes. That's right. Our former colleague Josh Katzowitz's anniversary is my birthday. So. That's right. And um, my birthday is June 26. Ryan's is June 27th. Should you listeners feel in the next year, like you want to get a present or feel bad that you didn't know. Make it so, a beer, by the way. Yeah, make it. Yeah, we can. For my, for my, stop, leave me a good, leave me a good iTunes rating. Five star. Don't leave me a two star, man. That's cruel to leave a two star. Um, all right, we'll wrap up with this. So I'm doing the top 25. God, I can't say the title right. I just can't. It's not top 25. It's a, a all 25 or under team. Mm-hmm. So the only qualification is that you're 25 years old or younger at the start of the 2018 NFL season. I'm going to do a first team and second team um, for both offense and defense. The defense will come out Tuesday. You can look for that. We'll probably talk about it on the podcast tomorrow. Um, and uh, the, the offense is out today, which is Monday. And I figured we would run through a couple of um, potential options and just see what you think. So, it's interesting because if you do under 25, it cuts off a lot of guys. For instance, at the wide receiver position, if you do under 25, your top option is, is like Stephon Diggs. If you not do, terrible, but not a no. franchise player. Yeah, but if you do 25 or under, which is kind of why I'm doing this, you can go with Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins. Who would you rather have, Mike Thomas at Can't Guard Mike or Nuke Hopkins? That's a that's a tough one. Uh, the Mike Thomas has the benefit of playing with Drew Brees. That's true. Nuke Tom, uh, Nuke Hopkins had the benefit of playing with Tom Savage, and who were the other scrubs that were in there at the end of the season? I Brandon mean, Wheat, they had like the, Brock Osweiler, oh, Brian God, Brock Hoyer. The Steelers um, game they they were on Christmas Day or Christmas Keenum the day after they brought in like the four string guy. Uh, so knowing all that, that he can catch a pass from literally anybody, including you, I have to go with, with Nick Hop- Hopkins. Mm, I think I would do that too. And then if you're picking a slot wide receiver, would you rather have Tyreek Hill or Juju Smith-Schuster? Uh, I'm a homer, and, and I love Juju. I feel like he's a better player than, than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is certainly more dynamic 
certainly faster, but I feel like he had been taken out of games at points last year when he shouldn't have been taken out of games by by the other team. So I'm going to go with Juju. You would rather have Juju over Tyreek Hill. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, hard to argue. Look, Juju was fantastic last year. It's hard to argue about that. Now, they won't have Martavis Bryant to take some of the pressure off of him, so we'll see what happens when he's the number two and gets uh, you know more coverage. Can you think way. of a better 25 or under tight end than Evan Ingram for the Giants? Do you know in front of you who else is on that list? Hunter Henry? O.J. Howard? Yeah, well. Well, Hunter Henry is an ACL. Yeah. Uh, O.J. Howard was a disappointment. Yeah, so I, I like Ingram a lot. I didn't know if there was someone that was close. I guess David Njoku could have a bust-out year, mm. but he didn't He didn't show us a lot last year um, in terms of consistency, not entirely his fault to play for a team that wins your game. I might rather have Njoku. Yeah, it's on potential, though. You don't know what he can do. Yeah. And you, I think you'd rather have Baker throwing in the ball than Ty, although Tyrod, Captain Checkdown, could, he could catch 200 passes next year. Yeah. I'll go with Ingram, though. It's, it's actually interesting because the position is, um, you know, it's as, it's as dynamic as it's been in a long time. Yeah. But losing Hunter Henry is a huge blow. So, you know, even Trey Burton, who's going to the Bears now, he's over 25. Uh, you know, Jordan Reed. Um, Can't stay know, healthy. Greg, he's not 25, yeah. is he? No, no, no. I mean, Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, Gronk. Ertz. Jesse James, that was rude. You left him out. <laughs> Basically the same guy. But, I mean, like, you know, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Travis Kelsey, all these guys are over 25. So we need a little injection of youth into the position. At quarterback, your top three choices at 25 or under are Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and Jared Goff. You could also, and this this is where I think it's interesting, but I I think you would pick one of those three guys, and I think the answer would be Wentz 1 and Watson 2. Which I'm is, going Watson, I think. I'm going all in. Comeback player of the year and my hmm. top 25 and under QB. I'll take – I mean, they're both coming off ACLs. Wentz has a longer history of success, so I'll take Wentz over Watson. Uh, but I'm with you. It's close. It's a little bit disrespectful to Jared Goff. That's fine. Yeah. The the guys – the two guys that are crazy that are that qualify for this list, even if it was under 25, are Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. Yeah, Marcus, maybe it's injury. I think we've talked about this before. You, you don't know because they don't always reveal the injuries, but when he's playing as inconsistently as he, he has been known to do, you wonder if he's injured or if he's just not getting it. And I like Marcus Mariota a lot, better than Jameis, but I thought Jameis, his career um, traje- trajectory was was better than Marcus's, you know, until he got in the Uber. But I, I felt like he was going to be a better quarterback at, at points last season. Um, that said... I'm not taking him over Wentz or Goff or Watson. I think the Mariota thing is interesting because it would not surprise me at all if we are at this time next year having the conversation that Mariota is the best of this group. That would surprise me. Out of that group? I mean, Mariota's Mariota's had... Who's the offensive coordinator in Tennessee? uh, Matt LaFleur. You have an obligation. Oh, right. That's right. He's the Oregon guy. He's, He's Sean McVay's... No, no, Sean McVay's understudy. Yeah, but he was – I think he was in Oregon for a short period. Um, I don't – Yeah, don't, look at it real quick. No, that's got the, you, on, that's got the, you on that one. That's the Bears offensive coordinator. Right? Oh, you're right. <laughs> Mark Mark <laughs> Elfrick. Got myself on who's that one. Who's never <laughs> – yeah, uh, Matt LaFleur was <laughs> – I got you. Okay, you got me. All right. Um, Matt LaFleur was at uh, Notre Dame as a quarterback's coach for one year, but he's worked under Kyle Shanahan – and Sean McVay. Okay, well, that's that's a good sign for Mariota then, because I was going to say we saw what happened when you went from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay. Oh, exactly. But I mean, like, 
Marcus Mariota has got three years in the league under Mike Malarkey. He's got one with Ken Wisenhunt and two with Mike Malarkey, and he had a 26-touchdown, nine-interception, 3,400-yard season with 61.2% completions with Mike Malarkey as a 23-year-old. It wouldn't be crazy if he had a 4,000-yard, 25-30 to touchdown season next year. All right, we'll see. Need something from Corey Davis, who didn't do much. He flashed. He flashed at times. So that's my hot take. Maybe I should go with Marcus Mariota over Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. Would that do enough clicks? What was the other hot take you had last time he spoke? It was something insane worse than that. Um, that the Eagles would miss the playoffs. That, oh God. Yeah, that thing so, blew up. No, yeah, mention, no mention of your Vikings thing. I know. I wrote the post, though, so hopefully I got some of the traffic. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Eagles missed the playoffs, coupled with Mariota being the best player in the league. I think that should do you, serve you well over the course of the next four or five months. There you have it. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Pick 6 Podcast. Thanks, Ryan. See you.